welcome to Let's Get Sensory Podcast. My name is Kelsey, and I'm an occupational therapist, sensory specialist, and ADHDer. If you're looking to up-level you and your kids' lives by learning how to live a sensory lifestyle that deeply nourishes the nervous system to help with attention, anxiety, hyperactivity, and impulsivity, then you've come to the right place. So here we go. Let's get sensory. Hello, welcome to Let's Get Sensory. I am so excited to be back. When I first started this podcast over a year ago, I was working four jobs at one point. I was working in an outpatient clinic and schools and an early intervention, which I loved all of these so much, but my nervous system was like, no, Kelsey, this is too much. And while I loved each job and every single one of my kids so much, I could tell I was reaching the point of nervous system burnout. And one of the things I am blessed to do in my job as an ADHD therapist, also having ADHD, I get to participate in a lot of regulating activities all day long with my kids, which is a very nice added bonus because it also helps my own regulation. But this was all, this whole experience was a wonderful reminder that living a sensory lifestyle is more than simply adding in lots of regulating and sensory strategies into routine. It's about, to the best of our ability, creating an environment and routine that fits our brain and our own unique sensory needs and help that helps us best regulate. And while a lot of other people could have easily done my schedule, I remembered that my brain works differently and that is totally okay for me not to fit the norm and to find a routine and set up that better fits my brain, which old Kelsey would have probably been super hard on myself for not being able to keep up, but new me is proud of myself for being unapologetically myself and just being aware of my own nervous system needs. So I say this because I think this is an important reminder for every single person because we all have unique nervous system needs to always do what feels best for you. Maybe that's taking a sensory break on your lunch break, like kicking back, putting a weighted eye mask on while listening to calming music, maybe doing some deep stretches. Do what's best for your nervous system and your own mental health. Like, although it was really, really tough to leave, I feel so much better and more regulated now in my nervous system. I can just feel my nervous system is happier. And I just overall, I'm so grateful that I now have one day to devote to something that I'm so, so passionate about, and that is spreading awareness about sensory therapy and empowering parents and adults to live a sensory lifestyle that supports our senses and nervous systems. So for my first podcast back, I wanted to start by sharing with you my own sensory journey, which I have talked about some on my Instagram and inside of my course, but haven't fully opened up about yet, which is something I've wanted to do for a really long time, but have always been a little bit hesitant. So if you follow me on Instagram, then you may have heard that I was recently contacted by someone, a very well-known sensory occupational therapist who does not agree with me simplifying sensory integration and sharing my view and my own personal perspective on sensory integration based on my experience growing up and living with ADHD and SPD and also my experience working with lots of ADHD, autistic, and SPD kids over the past 10 years. If it were a different situation, the people pleaser in me would have been apologizing like crazy and doing everything she told me to do, except not this time. This is something that I believe so, so strongly in, and hopefully by the end you understand why, and that's something that I will never stop advocating for. 
something that I believe ADHD, SPD, and autistic kids deserve and need in this world. What we really, really need is a sensory movement, making sensory processing and SPD as commonly known as ADHD and autism, making sensory therapy and how to live a sensory lifestyle known by all parents, professionals, doctors, caregivers, for everyone who works with kids. I have seen the life-changing impact that sensory integration can have on kids too many times to count, but another reason that I believe so strongly in it is because it literally saved my life and has provided me with so much inner peace, comfort, strength, and resiliency, providing me with just so much peace and comfort, finally understanding the why behind everything, behind the why behind why I am the way I am and do the things I do. A sensory lifestyle is something that I simply just cannot live without anymore. My first thought when I first heard about sensory integration was, wow, this is so incredible. This is life-changing. And then my second thought was, how does everyone not know about this? Followed by, why do parents not know more about this? Why don't pediatricians, teachers, speech therapists, BCBAs, why does nobody know about sensory integration? I thought about all the kids around the world that don't have access to an occupational therapist and all the kids who could benefit but parents haven't heard about sensory integration or maybe would not qualify for services, which I personally fell into those last two categories. My parents were from Jamaica, so they didn't really know even that much about ADHD, let alone SPD. I feel like the amount of kids that receive sensory integration therapy is a small, small, small percentage compared to the amount of kids that could benefit from it. But I also believe that Sensory integration should be in preschools and elementary school subjects, but that is a whole nother conversation for another podcast. But anyways, so I, I also watch kids come to therapy sessions and receive one hour of therapy a week of sensory integration. And I started thinking, why isn't this a daily thing, like a 24 seven thing? Why does it only get to be an hour? And also what it would be like if I added sensory integration into my own life and daily routine. What would that help me with my own ADHD, anxiety, impulsivity, all the things that I had been experiencing my entire life? So as I mentioned earlier, I have ADHD. And so as a child, I was very loud, which most people who know me now find this surprising because I'm a lot more soft-spoken and have a very more a quiet voice and can be more shy, which I believe came from years of masking and just came from all my insecurities, which led to me having very low, low self-esteem from living in a world where I felt like few people really understood me. But even more so than that, I went most of my life not really understanding myself and understanding my brain and how my brain worked differently, which is why I personally have been really working on my self-worth and self-esteem, taking all these self-development courses, personal development courses, and reading all these different self-help books and doing all this deep, deep inner work, which I'm happy to say that I definitely feel like just from all of this and living the sensory lifestyle and learning about sensory processing, I feel like I'm getting my voice and my spark back. Um, so yeah, so back to what I was saying. So back in the day, until I was in maybe sixth or seventh grade, I was very outgoing and loud and not afraid to speak my mind. I loved to be the class clown and was very silly all the time, like watching my home videos. I'm always like, who is that girl and that fearlessness, which I love, but also at the same time, when I'm watching back, seeing some of these home videos and just thinking back to all these memories, I also 
see a I also see my impulsivity and hyperactivity. I don't only see a child who wasn't afraid to speak up, but I also see little me who would interrupt frequently and lacked some impulse control, even something that I still have to be careful about during conversations now, not getting too exciting and interrupting. So I also have a lot of different memories of just having a hard time focusing, um, especially during school. But like one memory that stood out, I was... Um, with one of my best childhood friends. And I remember that we got into this little fight. And I remember this very vividly. Um, I think we were in like maybe second or third grade. But I remember she kept on singing and would sing all the time, which, um, which of course, with my auditory sensitivity, it would be annoying or overwhelming to me at times. And little Kelsey didn't love that and got upset with her and kind of snapped at her one time. And then she kind of responded saying, um, so like, why do you always say what? Every single time I tell you something, like, you always say what after? Like, I know you heard me, which, of course, was my difficulty focusing and that whole auditory processing difficulty that comes with ADHD. But at the time, I was just kind of confused and didn't really understand. But another thing that also stood out looking back, so I was very active, um, always tapping or rocking my foot, which is something that I'm actually even doing right now as we speak. But um, as a kid, I would do just always fidgeting. So like playing with my hair, playing with something. I also gravitated towards the kids who were like love to just be very active um, and the ones who would be like just doing all the really active activities at recess or in after school care. I would definitely say I was a little more of a tomboy growing up, which I am very thankful for because this led me to sports, um, what I really believe was one of my saving graces um, as a child. So I tried basketball, soccer, dance, cheerleading, gymnastics, tennis, even played a sport called handball. All of these, which helped me, I believe, strengthen my senses and those foundational skills that highly impact attention and regulation. And I'm so, 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 so thankful I was able to participate in those sports looking back because in a way, it was my version of occupational therapy sessions where I was able to work on things like my vestibular sense, which is balance and increasing my proprioceptive sense, which is all about body awareness. If you think about how multi-sensory sports are, um, whenever you're having to really control and modulate your movements and learning how to control that impulsivity while also listening and visually attending. And the skills and activities are in a way very similar to the ones that we do in occupational therapy sessions. So anyways, sports are so therapeutic. And I also got to give a special shout out while I'm on this topic. Horseback riding, tai chi, and swimming are also great, great, great sports that I'd highly recommend that especially they really target the vestibular and proprioceptive senses, So, which is, again, balance and body awareness. Okay, so now back to when I tried all the sports. And I think the reason that I jumped around from sport to sport so much was because I was never, like, got really, really good at any of them. Like, even though I played these sports all the time, like, I went to a tiny school for elementary and middle school, which I also think was another saving grace for me because it was a lot less sensory overloading. But at this tiny school, I remember I tried out for three sports when I finally got the chance to try out for like the official middle school sports in sixth grade. And I only ended up making one. And it it was the B team that every single person made who tried out. And I share this to show that looking back now, um, I see that a lot of the A lot of this was, I think, due to my ADHD and like that impulsivity um, and lack of attention kind of difficulty with like skills like visual perception and things like that. Um, 
So the one sport, though, that I ended up doing the best at, surprisingly enough, was cheerleading. And after just like some brainstorming and reflecting, I kind of think that this was due to the large, large amounts of deep pressure involved, which I think helped me regulate like in the lifting, like during the stunting when you're lifting girls up, all the stretching that you do during it, the gymnastics portion. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, you know I'm always preaching to add lots and lots of deep pressure into kids' daily routine because it, it is so regulating and calming to our nervous system, similar to a hug or massage, or think about how a baby feels supported um, in the womb just with all that deep pressure. So anyways, I guess, um, let me back up a little. My entire life from elementary to middle school, or even before that, I was always in daycare, preschool, starting from when I was just only a month old. My parents always worked full time. So I kind of quickly learned that my ticket to love and praise was being good, which I say in quotations, or doing well in school. So during the day, I would use really everything in me to kind of hold it together in mass the best I could at school and would completely fall apart like the second I got home. I was highly, highly sensitive and overly emotional and my emotional regulation would kind of go out the door whenever I got home. Looking back now, I can totally see how my sensory cup would just be way, way overflowing um, after school. And getting home also meant dinner time, which I was a very, very, very picky eater um, with foreign parents who are from Jamaica. And of course, food was a big part of our culture. And they really wanted me to eat um, all of, you know, all their Jamaican foods and everything growing up. And I remember it just would give me so, so, so much anxiety where like anytime I was visiting friends. And then also bedtime and sleeping was another thing that gave me a lot of anxiety. Um, my body was always, I could just tell, and I can feel it. Just remember that feeling when I was a kid of being in this hyper alert and hypersensitive state during the day and even during night. And if you've taken my online course, you know, I talk about the regulation baseline and all that jazz. So this was just another sign of that. And with all of this happening and all my big intense emotions, I remember experiencing feelings of depression as early as sixth grade. Um, but I think it might have actually been sooner. Um, so another thing about me is I have horrible, ho- horrible memory, um, short-term memory, long-term memory, like the worst. All of my friends know this about me. But I do remember first experiencing and then regular experiencing depression and low self-esteem throughout, especially middle school, high school, and then it really hit hard in college for me. I realize now that because of my ADHD, my nervous system didn't always feel safe or secure which led to me just having a harder time regulating my emotions. So fast forward to high school, I guess I haven't talked about the academic part. So um, math and science was always kind of my jam. I went to a magnet program in high school for math, science, and technology. And similar to a lot of ADHD and autistic kids, math and other very concrete subjects can be a lot easier than the more abstract topics like reading and writing. Um, Those were always my hardest classes that absolutely did not come natural to me. I'll never forget one of my first pediatric occupational therapy internships. Um, The OT told me that I used an immature writing grasp and that I must have weak fine motor strength. And she was also the same OT that later pointed out that I still had active primitive reflexes, which is also for another podcast, another conversation. Anyways, so writing and communicating always felt more difficult and less natural to me. And one way to look at it is during any public speaking or presentations or even meetings, for some of you, you may know and understand that feeling. 
But for me, I know I'll feel my heart race, feel that fight or flight activating, my palms start sweating. And with that goes my concentration and my ability to clearly convey my thoughts. It's like my thoughts go from being so clear and thorough and in depth in my head to just coming out kind of jumbled when I try to put it in words. Except this wouldn't just be during like a presentation. It would happen randomly all the time. And if you follow me on Instagram, you know that I am always making typos. Um, I got to say, for someone that has been so afraid and anxious to use their voice for so long, I am super proud of myself for finally gaining the courage to get back on my podcast. But as you may see with ADHD kids and autistic kids, if we get the chance to talk about one of our passions or our obsessions, there is really no getting us to stop. Um, And with that, I truly think sensory therapy has been my number one passion ever since I learned about it because it allowed me to understand everything, all my personality quirks, the, you know, all my meltdowns, my anxiety allowed me to really understand why my brain works the way it does and have a huge realization that I am not broken. My brain is not broken. I'm just not living a life that fits my brain and that also nourishes my nervous system. My senses and nervous system were and just desperately in need of intervention and nourishment. So fast forward to college, I ended up really I'm depressed and anxious, and I'm about to talk about some hard topics. So if you want to fast forward ahead or stop playing this podcast, this is your trigger warning. Um, So in college, I ended up reaching a point where I absolutely wasn't living a life that nourished my senses or nervous system. I became very, very depressed. I would go to therapy and knew about my ADHD and was trying all these different things, but just didn't really know how to support my ADHD aside from medication. I would frequently frequently engage in different types of self-harm. I had a lot of suicidal thoughts. um, And at my lowest point is when I learned about sensory integration, and which I think the timing of this could not have been a coincidence. It really, it helps me to realize everything and understand everything at the exact time timing that I needed it most. Um, and aside from knowing I had inattention and emotional regulation challenges from my ADHD, it helps me to really understand the why I was having difficulty focusing and why I was having difficulty regulating emotions. And simply knowing why is so, so empowering on its own. It also helps me to realize that there were things that I could do to help. I realized I wasn't living a life that supported my brain and my nervous system. I immediately started wondering, well, there's all these things that therapists do with kids during sessions. Like, I wonder if I could do those to help me too. And so from there on, I became sensory and health obsessed Um, And I started taking the initiative to really, for the first time, taking care of my body, my brain, and my nervous system. And I started getting really, really intentional and aware of my nervous system states and seeking out activities that helped me feel at peace and regulated. And long story short, sensory integration saved my life. And now I'm on on a mission to empower kids and everyone on how to live a sensory lifestyle. I believe occupational therapy sessions are so, so, so powerful And I highly, highly recommend finding a pediatric occupational therapist near you if you're able to. 
But with that, I also highly recommend learning how to create a sensory lifestyle that meets your child's sensory needs and nourishes their nervous system. And also creating a sensory lifestyle that meets your own nervous system needs because we can all benefit from nervous system nourishment. And as we all know, Kids also learn from watching us and modeling what we do. And one of the best parts of learning how to nourish your nervous system is that it positively benefits everyone around you when you feel regulated and feel your best. So I'm so, so excited to be on this journey with you on the sensory journey and to help you do that. And thank you so, so, so much for listening to my story. It honestly felt so therapeutic to have put it all in words and to talk about it in a way that feels like I'm releasing all these built up emotions from over the years uh, that I have tied to my past. So if there's one thing to take away from all of this, it is that sensory therapy and sensory lifestyles are so, so, so powerful. If you're wanting to dive in and learn about sensory therapy and my personal formula for creating a sensory lifestyle, the best place to start is my online course, Simplify Sensory. I have different levels depending on what you are looking for. Level one is a quick but transformational two-hour crash course. And then level two is a 30-day program where you really dive deep into sensory therapy. But I also work more one-on-one with you. So to learn more about my online courses, I recommend going to my website, www.sensorytherapist.org and also my Instagram since sensory underscore therapist where I have a bunch of posts, stories, um, testimonial, testimonials explaining everything. I am so excited to be back podcasting so you can expect lots more podcasts to come on everything from self-esteem, schools, sensory therapy, sensory tips. I am also so excited to be branching out more this time and talking about nervous system and lifestyle support for adults, so for you. So there is a lot more fun topics to look forward to. So again, thank you so much for joining me and I hope to see you again soon.